Hello, this is Calvin Driscoll, and I want to welcome you to the Real Leaders Podcast. This podcast is specifically designed to equip you with godly leadership skills that can be applied to all areas of your life. Throughout this podcast, my dad, Pastor Mark Driscoll, will be sitting down with some world-renowned pastors and ministry leaders to learn what it really means to be a real leader. For more content like this, we encourage you to visit realfaith.com. Now, enjoy today's Real Leader Podcast. Well, howdy, Pastor Mark here with the uh, Real Leaders Podcast. I'm doing a series of short videos uh, just sharing with you about some things that may help us determine uh, what the Christian church is post-COVID. What is the post-COVID church? And the truth is, that is being determined as we speak. What we know for a fact is uh, big rooms, uh, not going so great. Uh, lots of multi-site, not going so great. Uh, just waiting and hoping that it all bounces back, not going so great. Having a big, huge governing board that can't agree on anything, not going so great. Churches that move at a glacial pace um, and can't make decisions, not going so great. Um, churches that were closed or throttled for an extended period of time, not going so great. Churches that couldn't figure out how to get online, uh, not going so great. And the result is, um, and I don't want to be discouraging, but it is very sobering. So the Barna Research Group came out with a poll uh, recently. They did a data survey. My daughter's, off, my daughter's offline here. Was it 38% of pastors, honey? So um, uh, my daughter Ashley was at a summit for church, nonprofit, ministry leaders. And uh, it was a national summit sort of surveying the data of where churches and ministries are. Because here's the big idea. The quicker you get to reality, the quicker you can deal with reality. And the longer you avoid reality, the bigger the problem that you are creating. Like, let's say you've got a physical problem. Let's say you got cancer and you're like, I'm just not gonna believe that I do. Well, that's not gonna help. Eventually, you're gonna have to deal with the reality. And the truth is, the last two years was an absolute um, tectonic shift in culture, life, ministry, governance, and church. It just was, it just frankly was. And whatever the future looks like, it's not going to be just a rinse and repeat and reset of the past. And at this uh, summit, um, one of the leaders at the Barna Research Group got up and said that 38% of pastors are looking to leave the ministry. They wanna quit, not just quit their job, quit ministry, just hit the eject button. And the thing that they're struggling most with is just economically trying to figure out, okay, <clears throat> what do I do now? And, you know, usually you got a wife, you got kids. Most pastors are not, you know, well compensated. Many of them are bivocational. Um, the last few years, they were dealing with all the same things that you were. So uh, let me just speak to the leaders. If you're discouraged, I'm sorry, and I, I think you're probably in the majority. And if you're discouraged, I don't think it's because you lack faith. I think it may be because you accept reality. And that is, Bible College and Seminary didn't prepare the average pastor for leadership and governance and finance and technology and online and criticism and Black Lives Matter and Make America Great Again and COVID and governors and attorney generals and restrictions. And, and, and literally in Bible College or Seminary, usually it's here's how you love people and here's how you teach the Bible which is great, but the last two years, um, you weren't even allowed to get your people together to teach them the Bible. So what do you do then? The result is a lot of pastors are just burned out. They're frustrated. And 
sometimes it's because uh, they've got a governance structure that's just a beat down. Like if you're the senior pastor, but you're not the senior leader, uh, you're a dead man walking because you're, you're responsible for decisions that you can't make or don't even agree with. Um, if you've got to appease a bunch of people who don't agree and you're constantly the peacemaker, it's like you're, you've got some brutal marriage and you're the counselor just trying to get them to talk to each other, a year or two of that is a beatdown. And I think too, if you're listening to this, um, I'll let you in a little secret. Your pastor is a human being and he and his family are going through the same stuff as everybody else. So when your school was closed for your kid, their school was closed for their kid. Uh, when their job got shut down or taken away, so did theirs. When, when you were forced to take a vaccination or lose your career, uh, maybe their spouse had the same thing happen to them. I mean, all the stuff that you're dealing with, your pastor and his family are dealing with. In addition, they've got the church to think of and they wanna help the people, uh, but they can't even assemble the people. So now you got a shepherd and they're not even allowed to convene their flock. And most pastors are highly relational. Like, they need to look you in the eye. They need to have a conversation. They're, they're shepherds. They want to be around their sheep. They're, they're people that need relationship and they work relationally. When all of that is taken away, it's very hard and isolating for them. And then the pastor and his family, they're carrying the burden for all the other families in the church. Oh, this family, you know, they're in a marriage crisis because now they're isolating at home together and all their problems are being exposed because of the pressure. Oh, that family, that's a single mom and she's got a bunch of kids, but now she's supposed to do homeschool and online learning, but she can't get childcare. And so the pastor and his family have got this viewpoint into all the other families in the church. So in addition to the problems and the pains and the perils that they're dealing with, they're peering into other people's lives and saying, what about them? What about them? What about them? What about them? And most pastors and their families, they're high compassion, high empathy people. They really care. And so seeing all of this pain and loss and grief and pressure, they're carrying all of that. Add to it then, um, no matter what decision they make, they're going to get attacked and criticized for it. If you, if you open your church, you get shot by one group. You close your church, you get shot by another. If you open it with registration, no kids ministry, social distancing and masks, maybe you get shot by both sides. I mean, you just can't win. If you, during the election, if you talk about politics, half the people are gonna attack you because we should only talk about heavenly things. And uh, if you do not talk about politics, half attack you because they care so much about the election, that's what they wanna talk about. So if you're a leader, you're, you're like the, the father of this big dysfunctional family and you're trying to make everybody get along and keep everybody happy. And anybody who's not happy can just go online to social media and just say whatever they want and tag you and tag the other people in the church and send out calls and texts and emails. And, and people in this last year, they had a lot of fear and anxiety and people weren't doing well. Psychologically, people weren't doing well the last two years. You're not getting the best version of people. Uh, we know that anxiety is very high. We know that mental health and depression is very high. We know that marital strain is very high. We know that alcohol consumption is very high. We know that drug use and abuse is very high. And we know that everybody is stuck at home and they're anxious and they're frustrated and they have no outlet and they can't get together and they don't have their activities and things are being taken off their calendar. Their schools are being closed. Their jobs are being threatened. Uh, their vacations are being canceled. All this stress. So then the way that they're behaving online tends not to be really godly. It was two years of in the flesh, not the spirit. And even people that pastors know and love, you're like, 
why are you attacking me? Why are you criticizing? Like, I know you, I love you, I, I care about you. Why don't you talk to me? Why are you coming at me? All of this leads a pastor to a place where they're really torn between their callings. And I've talked to a lot of guys, they say, yeah, I feel called to ministry, I feel called to the local church, I feel called to love and serve, uh, I feel called to preach the gospel, teach the Bible, but I also know that I'm called to be a husband and a father. And there's a point where those two callings are in conflict. They say, I don't see how I can put up with this governing board and still have any time and energy left for my wife. I don't see how I can lead this messed up church where everybody needs to vote on everything and have any life or energy to come home and be emotionally present for my children. I don't know how I can make sure that the church survives when financially our attendance and giving is cratered and still feed my family and provide for my wife and kids. And so a lot of pastors right now, they're feeling uh, this just intense uh, emotional, spiritual tearing between their calling to ministry and their calling to family, between God's family and their family. The result is 38% are just trying to hit the eject button. Meaning uh, if they can find a financial way to survive, they're going to get out of ministry probably forever. And what that means is, well, right now churches need leadership. We uh, talked about in a previous episode, according to one of the biggest church attorneys in America that you know, 15% of churches are dead. 40% are on life support, 40% are surviving, 40, 50, 60% attendance, only 5% are growing and flourishing and finding opportunity. Well, imagine now that 38% of pastors don't even wanna to go to work. They've lost heart, they've lost vision, they've lost motive, they've lost incentive. It means that the majority of churches are dying and so are their pastors. And how can the pastor give life to the people if they don't have life in themselves? How can they give hope to the people if they don't have hope in themselves? How can they give vision to the people if they don't have any vision for themselves? All of that to say, um, right now the ministry of encouragement for everyone is important, for leaders is very important, and for ministry and church leaders is very, very important. Uh, if you're gonna criticize your pastor or leader, why don't you just pray for him? Uh, if you're gonna you know, jump on social media, why don't you just jump off? Uh, why don't you write them a letter? Why don't you give them a call? Why don't you send them a text or an email? Anything to encourage, anything to say thank you, anything to say I love you. Because at the end of the day, the truth is, if 38% of pastors are kind of done in their heart and they're just trying to figure out how to get out, um, all it probably takes is just a few more critics and they just quit altogether. And the truth is, uh, with Christianity um, and, and church attendance being in decline, and the majority of churches in America being in a position where they may not be here in a few years, and if they are, it's a very shrunken, reduced, minimalized version for survival, not for evangelism and flourishing. Uh, we need as many pastors as encouraged as we possibly can. So let me just say this to the pastors and ministry leaders that are listening, thank you. Thank you for hanging in there. Thank you for just staying at the helm of a ship in a stormy sea for two years when you and your family are probably seasick and thrown up over the side. Thank you for hanging in there and dealing with all the people and things that you have. Uh, thank you for the people that you've buried and funerals that you have officiated. Thank you for the criticisms that you've received. Thank you for the efforts to make the best decision you can. And at the end of the day, um, there is there is no one that went through the last two years and got it all right. Uh, these are unprecedented, complicated times. 
And if you led and loved and listened to the Holy Spirit and did the best you could, God bless you. Well done, good and faithful servant. Uh, but I would encourage all of us, be praying for and encouraging your pastor and their wife and their kids and their family, because at the end of the day, uh, we are now looking at a potential massive transition in leadership, an epochal generational transition in leadership. And, uh, and we don't know how they're going to be replaced because it's not like right now, the average you know, woke social justice warrior living online in their 20s is ready to grow up, take responsibility, teach the Bible and obey God and lead others to be courageous in the face of cultural opposition. It's an opportunity, but it's also a potential crisis. So let's encourage as much as we can, as many as we can. We hope today's message impacted you and they'll continue to bless your life and legacy for generations to come. For more Real Leaders content, visit realfaith.com slash real leaders. And to sign up to get Real Leaders content straight to your inbox, visit realfaith.com slash sign up.